from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine. And everything in between. This is Legends Look Back. Y'all remember way back when, I don't know when, way back when, when I was talking about uh, raiding my family's storage unit back in my hometown, looking for my childhood Darth Vader helmet. It had this hang down uh, dilly wepper that would, uh, you press the buttons, and it would do a voice changer thing. It was a Darth Darth Vader helmet that, it was my brother's when he was like four, which was especially funny because he's still a small, you know, skinny guy. No offense, Justin. So having this big old freaking Darth Vader helmet, I'll find a picture. I'll throw it in the Discord or I won't, but I might. And uh, it was always funny to see him wear this thing and he'd be like wearing one of those Hulk hands from 2003. Anyway, I was looking for that. I want it in my Star Wars collection. It's one of the last things from my childhood that I've not been able to find. So I went the other day, I was back home. My dad and I, pretty late at night, raided the storage unit. I was so excited. I was looking for a handful of things. The Darth Vader helmet, my Power Rangers toys, mm. which yes. I did not find. I found one Megazord, but not all the the figures, which was sad. Mm. I did not find the full Darth Vader helmet. I found the mm. back half of the helmet. <laughs> you know how at the end of Return the of the Jedi, <laughs> it's... It's got the two pieces, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it takes yeah. off the back, and then the rest. This helmet had exactly that. Uh, I found the back of it. I did not take it, because if I did, then I would wear it like Rick Moranis mm. in, uh, what's the, the parody? Spaceballs. Spaceballs, yeah, right. Yeah. I would look like Rick Moranis and mm. Darth Helmet. So anyway, I found the back half of the helmet, the mullet. <laughs> did you call it the mullet side, Freddy? Yeah. yeah, the mullet side, <laughs> I did not take it. So... Uh, it's still in the storage unit. You know what I did find, though? Uh-oh. Y'all ready for this? That look says it He's off. got the glasses go. off. Oh, he took the glasses off. I am dying to know if y'all have ever heard of this, because it is legitimately one of the weirdest things in my entire life, and it has been a part of my life since the <laughs> mid to late 90s. Y'all ready for this? This is a game. Uh-oh. That I got for Christmas, and I'm going to guess 96. I don't know for sure. The game is Gooey Louie. Oh, yes, I know Gooey exactly what this Louie? is. You would, you what? would, should I, should I tell everybody what you yeah. do? Yeah, talk about okay. it while I'm going to do a live Gooey Louie unboxing. We're going to do a playthrough right here <laughs> on the show. We're all going to do. So Gooey Louie, if I'm not mistaken, was one of those 90s games. Uh, like they had the mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is Got Gooey Louie here. the 90s animation. It looks like Doug meets like Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the last time we talked about Doug, I stayed up till two in the morning doing Doug research. <laughs> <laughs> Doug research. Yeah, now it looks so like he's about, the most now it looks like thing I've ever heard. He about to kiss right, what me. What do you do? But uh, there's a he's couple. Not... Th- there's a couple of weird games around this time, and this is one of them. And you would literally pull snot out of his nose. Yeah. So he has these oh boogers. Oh my gosh, I remember and this. The boogers. Let me say this much. A little worse for wear 20 years later. Ooh. All right, so you pull <laughs> the boogers out the nose. Gummy worms. Oh, disgusting. This one's jammed. All right, oh. all right. So you get one, and at the end, what happens, Freddie? Uh, I don't I'll remember. Keep, my I'm going to keep going hurts. while you describe. This one's a little shorter. Oh. I don't recall what happens at the end of this. My kids is are very entertained by this. How is this a game? I haven't played this game. You're about in, to find out. You know, that with the ice blocks? Do you guys remember the one with the ice blocks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That don't was break the ice. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. We also oh, got out of the storage unit, Don't Spill the Beans. Yep, yep, yep. Ooh, I they reprinted that, that one I got recently. Okay, yeah. It, so, some of them you really got to dig around for, and you got to kind of maneuver like front to back, <laughs> back to front, that sort of thing. Jared, there's uh-huh. a lot of things I like to do with my time, except for watch you pick <laughs> Play gooey. No, no, no. So nose. you keep going until sooner or later. Something comes out. Yeah, there's Uh-oh. still one in there. Okay, this is going to be the one. This is... Oh, there's still a couple. Okay, so... You, somebody loses the game, what and you never know. Possibly come out of. You the never room. know. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it, it freaks me out so hard every what single time. It just <laughs> happened. It's oh. a Jack in the Box booger picking game. You've been gooey looed. That's oh. right. So this gooey. I remember as a kid seeing a commercial for this, and I was like very. And then you, uh, oh. you just reload the boogers when you're done. Thank Ferret Jared, uh, man, that one. <laughs> Play again. I've been playing this game oh since gosh. I was a kid, and every single freaking time that brain pops out, oh. it I have had that exact same reaction my entire life. Wow. Yep. I remember Seriously, I was not expecting that at all. 
Uh, no, I thought you were about to pull something weird out his nose. Yeah. And like, yeah. Can so you imagine you pulled... being like the generation where Operation was invented oh, and yeah. this guy comes out and you're like, where's the you world? Ter- like, how is the world changing? This is the this? future of the medical profession. <laughs> uh, I remember when the, I saw commercials for that and I wanted it and like having to give a serious pitch to my parents on why it was not too inappropriate for me to own. And they caved. It was a whole thing. We'd play it. Anyway, so I finally got it out. I was describing it to my kids. And I was like, I've got this. I'm going to get it. I'm going to bring it home. We brought it out. My four-year-old, very excited, enjoying it. My seven-year-old, I was like, Ava, you want to play? And she said, uh, no. It kind of freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, you're not you're not wrong for that. So, yeah. Did you have a favorite mm-hmm. 90s game? Like, that to me is so iconically 90s, right? That's awesome. It's just absurd. You got the green and the purple. Nothing says 90s like purple, right? Mm. Oh, mm. totally. Purple and, and neon green. You got a favorite 90s game? Uh, there was yeah. one. There was one where I can't remember exactly what it was. It was like a bird. It wasn't an elephant, like the one that most people think of. And it would shoot things out of its mouth as it was standing and going around in circles. And you'd catch them with like these, these things. Basically like that elephant game where it comes out of its nose and you catch all the butterflies with the, the net. It was like something similar to that. So it's like an outside game kind of thing. Huh. Uh, you can oh, definitely no. play in a room. Okay, it's ringing a bell. It's ringing a bell. Or like... Yeah. Huh. Give me a second. Give me a second. Uh, well, so or that marble game was fun. That one's fun. My, my, Mancala. Mancala, that was a good one. <laughs> I don't... I, Go ahead. I don't have a favorite board game, I don't think, but... I do have a favorite game from the 90s. I'll give you a hint. Do, 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 do. Yeah, uh, crickets. Rich. <laughs> oh, it's do, a bop. Do, 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 do. Bop it. <laughs> Twist it. That was a critical Pull it. Please yeah. roll. Oh. Do, 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 nice. do, do. Thank you. And it I don't starts, remember the song. Then it starts going faster. Like, I have nightmares of the song still, okay? Like, the pressure is, is it's still there, so... Gooey Louie is basically a bop it, except for you only have pull it, and then eventually, <laughs> and eventually the brain pops out. Uh, does it make the sound? Do, 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 do. I mean, you I can. can just put on the track of you doing that over and over. Well, I don't know about y'all. That was a good one. That got me. Yeah. But I'm hoping <laughs> that even more brains pop out after this awesome episode oh. of Legends Look Back that we are about to have. We got the folks here in the chat. Gooey's on the floor. Mm. Or Louie. I don't know. Louie's Gooey. First name basis like that yet or not. Yeah, Gooey's all over Mr. the floor. Mr. <laughs> Louie. Mr. Louie is, is safely over there in his place. The brain has been reinserted oh. into... His cranium. Cranium. And we are ready for the show. So, Rick, without further ado. <laughs> All right. Hello, everybody. And welcome to Legends Look Back, proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network. This is a Star Wars books podcast for people whose roofs of their mouths are still burned horrifically from the time they got overzealous with the bagel bites. <laughs> where we celebrate our rich EU history as well as dive into lesser known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and I'm joined tonight by my legendary co hosts with their brains still in their head. Such as Freddie C. How are you, Freddie? You know, that that vision of the hot lava pizza sauce running down your throat as you swallow that mm. hot bagel. <laughs> Felt it. I know it. <laughs> yeah, some of the cheese is still frozen, but yet somehow the sauce is so hot that you're going to be burned for the rest of your life. It's like lava, yeah. man. Just feel like Anakin when you eat it. Oh. <laughs> you know who oh feels like gosh. Anakin all the time? No, I don't. I don't know where I'm going with this. Emily Daybeck. How are you, Emily? Y'all <laughs> are killing me tonight. Oh, my gosh. How many different ways did the 90s do pizza? Do you remember? Did they have, like, a multicolored pizza sauce at some point? Was there, like, a oh, Lunchable yeah. with, like, purple pizza sauce? Or was that yeah. just ketchup? Oh, this is vaguely that was definitely There was a ketchup thing. There was a purple ketchup thing. I remember thing for there was sure. a ketchup lot of was different definitely colors a thing. of ketchup. Yeah. We did we did colorful ketchup on the show already. That's old hat. Yes. But oh. colorful oh. colorful pizza lunchables. That is a tree we're gonna have to bark up. I'm gonna have to look it up. Anyway. Yeah. They, there were a lot of different ways the nineties did pizza. I remember Anthony's pizza. Did anybody eat it at Anthony's? Mm. Oh yeah, for sure. I, there's also pizza flavored everything. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, mm-hmm. pizza Combos. Pringles. Pizza Pringles. Pizza I like those. Pizza combos. Those are so good. 
Mm. We would go to CC's right. Pizza in my hometown. Hey, and they, welcome to CC's. They had they I had still go to CC's. <laughs> they had dessert it's like pizza. My place. And you'd yes. eat you'd eat oh, a yeah. slice or two of pep, pepperoni and then like a pizza and a half of chocolate mm-hmm. pizza. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or the apple pizza. I tried telling the telling season. the kids these days <laughs> that they used to, used to walk in and they used to greet you and say, "Hey, welcome to CC's." Welcome to CC's. And, That's right. And then you'd go rush to the arcade. Yeah, yeah. And they don't do that anymore. And it's like, do they even care? Do they even care? You know? Yeah. But it's fine. It's cool. I feel yeah. They talk to me there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what we'll air next week. We probably can't do a live show. I'll find the home video of my sixth birthday party, seventh <gasps> birthday party, right around there from CC's. And we'll just look at all my Star Wars toys I got back in 98 or whatever. Oh my gosh, whenever. you have that? Yeah, it's out there somewhere. It's on a, it's on a hard drive. Or I would love to see VHS. that. It's got That'd my mom awesome. on it, and she's deceased, and so I cried too hard, so I had to store the entire mm. thing away on a hard drive and bury it somewhere. So, but it's around here somewhere. Yeah, it's no, it's uh, it's great. <laughs> what better way to celebrate than throwing it on the internet? But yeah, that would be really <laughs> yeah, special. Yeah, I would yeah, like exactly. to see that. That'd be cool. Well, I'll see what we can dig up. We'll see. Anyway. You know who else loves to throw things on the internet? Our producer, Rick Race. Hey, <laughs> I remember the first time in the 90s that I had milk come through my nose. That was fun. So uh, also something that happened mm. in the 90s. And that's and noses. We talked about gooey little willies. Yes. Wet willies. Ooh, I hate wet willies, dude. Why'd you go there? Um, <laughs> our water park here is called wet willies. Which that's is hilarious. <laughs> Somebody I think did we that can on all purpose. agree. Obscene and disturbing. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, man. But a wild fun time. So that's I have sure. to have to harp on the pizza bites thing. Um, pizza bites, right? That's what they're called. The bagels. Pizza bagels. Bagel bites. Bagel bites. Thank you. Bagel bites. bites bagel yeah. bites. I don't think I can rolls. sing the song. Right. So the song is iconic. I can't remember it, but I know something, it was iconic back in the day. Same. Same. Something we did not have in the '90s, but we have now, is air fryers. And let me just say, Ooh. bagel bites in the air fryers. <gasps> Perfect. I'm going to, I gotta get one right it's now. I. Oh my this has gosh. been my lunch for the past week. It cooks all the cheese. It's a little crispy on top. It's perfect. So six minutes on the air fryer, four hundred. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna add that to my list. I want to say we'll be picking back as Jared is going to go get some more pizza here. That's gonna take too long. I have to go to Walmart for the air fryer, and that's <laughs> farther down than yeah, another day. There was there was a pizza at Pizza Hut. Uh, that would it was called the Bigfoot Pizza. Bigfoot. Not sure if anybody remembers that. It was called the Bigfoot Pizza. It was definitely, I believe, it was a '90s thing. And I want to say that it even came with, like, if you ask back when everybody sold toys or had toys at restaurants, even Little Caesars had toys. It was crazy. Uh, it would come with like a Casper the Friendly Ghost uh, puppet. Oh, huh. now we're talking. Oh, wow! Oh, yeah, I had all those puppets. <laughs> Who knew that we could get five minutes in, or 20, however long it's been, and uh, get to this many 90s references. It has been a blast. Yeah. I, Pizza. Mm. Wow. I, now I'm kind of like, I might have to do that air fryer thing. I don't have an air fryer, but I do have a birthday coming up. Hey. So. <laughs> it's, it's a very good choice, I think. My husband makes lots of different types of sandwiches in the air fryer. Hmm. It's great for pizza and reheating leftovers. This for me feels like I'm a grandpa, but mm. what even no. is it? How does it work? And is it dark magic? It is like black magic. <laughs> it's yeah. It's pretty much dark magic. It's it's nice. Yeah, it's dark magic. You're gonna have to <laughs> just look that like up. the book we're about to read. <laughs> Ooh, Darth magic. Oh. Do you see the way? We just tossed that uh, softball to Freddie, and he nailed it out of the park. That is right. You know who would not be entertained by all of our silly 90s references? This guy. Tonight, we are talking about Darth Maul, Shadow Hunter. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. Sweeping declaration right here. I have decided. I've been wondering about this for a while, at least at the moment, for today. Mic drop. My favorite Star Wars book of all time. There it is. Hmm. It's the best indisputable that's all you need so thanks for joining us for legends look back uh you can follow along with uh, all of our goings on 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 discord there we go yeah that's right join the legends look back discord if you want to buy the book support the show no we will we'll do the show we'll do the show we got a lot to talk about here and that is the book that is almost out of the 90s but not quite this book was published in 2001 it is by michael reeves michael reeves has his own 
a little universe of Star Wars books that he penned. Uh, some of them with co-writers. I don't know if there's ever been a Star Wars author who wrote with more co-writers. Hmm. Oh Michael yeah, this, this, I would say what it what is it? There's like two books written by him, and then maybe four or five co-written. Co- co-written. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, so got three independently, and obviously there's a lot of Star Wars writers who are collaborative. I mean, even today with uh, the High Republic, it's very collaborative. Um, you know, I can think Kevin J. Anderson did a ton of collaborating as well, had a lot of books that he co-wrote or, or edited alongside others. This is, I think, out of all of his books, my very favorite. He also wrote the MedStar duology. He wrote Death Star, which I read this year and uh, really, really enjoyed quite a bit with Steve Perry. The Coruscant Knights trilogy, the third of which is co-written with Maya Catherine Bonhoff. Shadow Games, which I also quite enjoyed. The, that's the Dash Rinda book, right? Dash Rinda. Um, with Maya Catherine Bonhoff and The Last Jedi, not to be confused with the one where Luke uh, drinks the milk. <laughs> this is The Legend's Last Jedi, which is co-written by Maya Catherine Bonhoff. It kind of creates its own little universe, so we are going to talk about the first of his books, his contributions to the Star Wars universe tonight with Darth Maul, Shadow Hunter. Emily, can you tell us a little bit about some of the nonsense craziness involving the republication, reprinting of Darth Maul, Shadow Hunter over the years? You're going to have to decode some of these show notes for me because there's a <laughs> lot of abbreviations that I don't understand. PPB is paperback. Ah, so the paperback edition in 2001 had saboteur novella by james luceno included which i have actually read and it doesn't make a lot of sense on its own but attached to this book it would make a lot of sense yeah so we had the hardback um, the followed by the paperback in 01 so that's the standard mm-hmm. cycle most star wars books go through this one didn't stop there mm-hmm. it did not stop there not by a long shot so 10 years later in 2011 had both saboteur and restraint which is another exclusive short story by luceno and a tie-in to the 3d release of the phantom menace very good yep another abbreviation like i said i wrote these show notes in an hour so there's a lot of abbreves tonight you got this see i would have gone for the the phonetic pronunciation so it's good it's good the phantom menace yeah there's a lot of abbreviations Um, And it didn't stop there. So this is our third release of the 2022 um, ELC edition, Essential Legends Collection edition, and the audiobook read by Sam Witwer himself. Uh, That's right. He's the voice of Maul in Clone Wars, right? Yeah. Yeah. um, Mm. And Rebels. And Solo. Yeah. And probably other things. He's in Solo? I forgot that. Spoiler alert. (laughs) <laughs> it's the big That's amazing. reveal at the end. Yeah. I totally forgot that. And if that wasn't enough, so now we're at the fourth edition, there is an additional UK cover in case you didn't. Yeah. Have so enough. Rick, can you show the good folks these covers? I've got a handful here, you know, got the original cover with the floating heads. I call this one the floating heads cover. You got Maul's floating head. You got Sidious's floating head making this face. During this era, there was a lot of weird books. I mean, we've got the the Depa Balaba stare, and it seems like if if you look at even what Cloak of Deception, they all have like the same thousand yard PT. You know, not not to make fun of it, but it, when you look at pictures of like World War II, you see a lot of uh, what what I feel like is PTSD in the soldiers, and and I feel like that that stare off into the distance. Uh, you get that a lot in these books, and and they're almost like copy and pastes of. Uh, uh, probably just promos of, of photos they took. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely how it looks. So we do have a great history of covers with these. Sam Whitworth. The first one is that floating head. Let's come back to Sam Whitworth with that abbreviation. Yeah, Let's look at these covers real quick. So we've got the floating head cover. we got this one, Rick. Yeah, there it is. Um, this is the original. For some reason, I queued up the audio book, but uh, there it is. That's what you're looking at. Okay, followed by what, Rick? Uh, let's go with this one. That's the UK edition. I don't own this one. Yeah. Didn't know it existed until today. <laughs> in, in case you didn't know, this book was about Darth Maul. Yeah. That's what I like to call <laughs> yeah, this cover. Yeah. Different pictures of Maul all stitched the together. The trifecta. Uh, then yeah. this, I think, the paperback version. This is the 2011 Ooh. paperback. Okay, 11 paperback. Featuring yeah, yeah. a short story and a novella. Yes. 
including you know one of those was was original it was it was unique to this book what do you think is like the the ethics of that reprinting a paperback with a short story that you can only get if you buy the paperback it's been very controversial mm. over the years yeah, yeah. I can, less less I like of it recently. It's like a Target edition of a Taylor Swift album. Ooh, that's oddly specific. <laughs> I mean, which I threw a huge fit about last week. If you're paying any attention, <laughs> that. yeah, floating head cover. The there yeah. we go, <laughs> and the stare. <laughs> Very good. Another Beautiful. another stare off into the distance. Mm. Yep, there's a lot. Hey, that one's coming up mm. soon. We're doing that one soon. Nice Yoda Dark Rendezvous. Flexing that hardcover, Freddy. I know where you got that one. Okay, and <laughs> what else, Rick? Um. Let me find my... Should be one more cover. Buttons. Yep, here we go. <clears throat> yeah, Beautiful. this is the DLC cover. That. Now, what do these Favorite. four covers have in common? Let's talk about this for one minute here. Uh, they all have Darth Maul Star on it. Wars. They all have Darth Maul <laughs> and almost nothing else, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why in the freaking world do we need four different covers that all are just small? It's just it's just a different variation on Maul. point. Do you want it's a like head of Lauren in the corner? Of the book, I felt. Yeah. Looking off in the distance. Yeah. Does one of these do the story more justice than the others? <laughs> Not I really. Feel like this one, the ELC version, I think does a better dep- depiction of like his surroundings. I don't like the one totally. where it's three shots of him. I don't like the one where it's just a picture of him. That's right. We're going to throw that one into the harbor. Just like <laughs> we did the T. All right, yeah, the it's the UK edition. Yeah, I like this one. The uh, yeah. which, which edition is this? This is the, the original. OG, yeah, the original. Yeah. The floating heads. The original heads. is pretty good. I mean, it, it has a Neomoidian, right. right? And yeah, it's the story. Yeah. And Coruscant. Right. This is more. And, but it doesn't have any Jedi at all, and there's a lot of Jedi in the book. No. That's true. That's, that's true. That's right. There, now there is an image yeah. that was created specifically for the Essential Readers Companion. Freddie, you remember oh, the yeah. name of the artist? I met him. He was I freaked him out. I came on way too strong. You remember who I'm talking about? Celebration. Signed your postcard. The yeah. Book. Uh, he did all the man. illustrations for this book. We'll find it. I'm we'll find a hard it. time thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, all right. Rick's going to find it. Anyway, there, he did an original full-page spread for this book yeah. that's in that. Joe Caroni? Mall- Say it again. Joe Caroni? Jeff Carlisle, Jeff uh, Cr- Joe Crony, Brian Rude, Chris Scalf, Darren Tan, and Chris Trevis. Ooh, Chris Scalf. Trevis, Chris Trevis. It was Chris Trevis. Yeah, uh, mm. So he did an image that is. Uh, we've got it ready for tonight, in fact. Uh, so oh. Rick, when <laughs> this one is, yeah, you don't have to look in the book. It's in the computer. <laughs> click the glowing rocks, but not the red button. Don't click that one. Anyway, this <laughs> I think is my favorite again. piece of art f- that was ever made about or for this book. Does it have Nemoidians? There no, we go. Look at that. Ooh, love. That's a beautiful. That. Yeah, that's a. You know, love you know what I can just that. feel from this image here. It's Maul fighting Adarsha Asant. In case anybody's listening on audio. I just the absolute fury off of Maul. Like he he is absolutely determined to win this fight, hands down. And yet she's holding her own, you know. And so you got a, the does. clash of yeah. blades and. Anyway, it's a great image. Wanted to give a shout out to him for this, and also poke fun at the fact that we've got four different covers that are all basically just small, looking ambitious. <laughs> that's that's ambitious. it. It's like, oh, I don't know if that last cover really cut it. It's... Let's go back to the drawing board. Boom, sir. I'd like to present to you the cover. It's small. Nailed it. it Love it. This, this is an out of print, out of print cover edition. I, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I can see that for sure. So, anyway, very excited to talk about this. Who who added the rest of the trivia notes in here and wants to talk about this? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Do we have? So this is kind of some background. Uh, on it was in the reader's companion, uh, just to give some idea of where it's at. Uh, Darth Maul, Shadowhunter, is in about uh, thirty-two BBY. So that's before the Battle of Yavin. Uh, and in terms of can- uh, legends chronology i guess in terms of what are we calling that just the if you were to see this on the the timeline uh cloak of deception uh happens just before shadow hunter and uh all of this is happening before the phantom menace so this is all leading up to the phantom menace and the events that we see in that movie 
Pretty yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't try to keep all that straight so much. (laughs) Because the timeline gets really messy right before and around the Phantom Menace. It sure does. We tried to do Plagueis with Trevor, and oh man, all the legend stories right leading up to the Phantom Menace, it gets very, very wonky. Hmm. There Hmm. is a lot. Okay, Uh, what else? Uh, One more thing you got here, Freddy? Uh, let's let's save this one. Okay. When we get into the characters, I might be able to just bounce Perfect. it off. Perfect. <clears throat> so let's get into the summary. I'm gonna go ahead and give a fair warning. 100 episodes of Legends Look Back. I've written original summaries for all of the roundtables. Oh, this dear. time around, I did not. <laughs> These are not my words. This is uh, a huge shout out to the Wook for the help this time around with the summary. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But, hey, I did edit some things for brevity, and uh, so you're welcome. The, Ready for let this? Let the Wookiee win. The Wookiee <laughs> won. The Wook won this one for sure is a, a huge win for the Wook, and we win. Yeah, everybody we wins. We all win. That's right. So here's we the deal. Win. This is your spoiler warning if you have not yet read Darth Maul Shadowhunter. There's no shortage of ways to find it. I'll say that much. You've got uh, some alpha <laughs> book with so many reprints. It is is like the one of the most underrated Legends books of all time. So many folks have never read it, never given it a chance. Maybe because all the covers, it's just small on the cover. you got nothing else to go off. So much <laughs> angst. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so here we go. Newt Gunray finds that his second-in-command, Hath Monchar, has gone missing. Ba-ba-ba. Darth Sidious contacts Gunray, sniffs out the truth, sends his apprentice Darth Maul. Ever heard of him? After the missing Nemoidian, <laughs> the book basically becomes one long out of the frying pan into the fire chase sequence through Coruscant <laughs> at this point. Does it not? Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Yep. Mm-hmm. Nope. Sure You're does. right. Meanwhile, Darsha Asant, a Jedi Padawan, prepares for her final mission before throwing her hat in the air or her Padawan braid, you know, and finally becoming a Jedi Knight. She is sent to the Crimson Corridor in the underlevels of Coruscant. There, she must pick up a former Black Sun employee named Ulf the Fondorian, who is willing to trade information about the recent reorganization of the upper ranks, the criminal syndicate, and his exchange for protection from the Jedi Order, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, she finds Ulf. Wow, this name is so freaking difficult. Shout out to Sam Whit for, Whitwer for pronouncing this. Ulf. Ulf. His name is Ulf. Ulf. Yeah, ever say that five times fast at home or if you're out walking your dog. That's uh, O-O-L-T-H. Ulf. Yeah, Ulf. Ulf. Yeah. So the Ulf. ship they were supposed to travel on is damaged by raiding thugs. Who are they, Freddy? Uh, not hawk bats. Is this not the hawk bats? Was <laughs> this a different it's group? It's the raptors. The, the raptor, raptor raptors. The raptor game. Yeah. Classic Was Star Wars game. Raptor Raptors, not that's con- right. Not to be confused with the Reptars. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> not the Reptar gang. Hold on. Reptar, like Rugrats. <laughs> That'd be an awesome gang. Yeah, here we go. Rating yeah, it back yeah. in. Sorry. <laughs> moving it moving back in. Here we go. Uh, their, sh- their speeder, their ship is damaged. Therefore, she cannot return him where he's supposed to go. Uh-oh. The, uh, though the Padawan is able to fend them off, the two of them have no choice but to zip line up to the top of a building to get to the Jedi Temple. Bad luck strikes again when the Hawk Bats, here they are, attack the two of them, resulting in Ulf, F's in the chat for Ulf, falling off just <laughs> as Darsha as uh, Darsha arrives to the top of the building. Knowing that she has failed since Ulf died, she neglects to mention this to the Jedi Council and instead only informs her master, Anun Bandara, of her failure. Bondara agrees to keep Ulf's death a secret from the Jedi Order until they find his body, confirming his death. They travel back to the Crimson Corridor. His body's nowhere to be found. Bondara and Darsha conclude he's probably still dead. And it's at this point that Darth Maul finds Hathmonchar, the Nemoidian. Did you forget about him? Probably, because this is a long summary. Thank you to the Wook for that. Um, they <laughs> interrogate the helpless Nemoidian who had sold a Sith holocron to a man named Lorne Pavan hmm. and his protocol droid partner, I-5YQ. Maul is aware this holocron happens to contain all of the information regarding Darth Sidious's big secret freaking plans and bringing down the Jedi Order and uh, taking over the Republic. 
should not put all that information in one place. But they did, and they got to find it. It's on the holocron. Maul executes Monchar for his treachery against Sidious by decapitating him with his lightsaber, sets off to find Pavan and I-5. When he does, he ends up chasing them so that he can kill the two of them before they can reveal the information in the holocron to the Jedi Order. Somebody please bail me out yep, and help me I out gotcha. with this summary. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> As they travel back to the Jedi Temple to report to the Council regarding Ulf and the Fondorian's death, Darsha and Bondara run into Pavan and I-5 just as they are being chased by Darth Maul. Bondara confronts Maul alone while Darsha leads the others to safety. During the battle, Moss Master Bondara sacrifices himself by exploding Maul's speeder with his own lightsaber, giving Darsha, Lorne, and I-5 time to escape. After a long chase through the bowels of Coruscant, battling, was it Scythons? The Cathons. Cathons and a thousand, and all kinds of other whoopsies and death traps. Yep. <laughs> that was my addition. There You're you welcome. Go. Yep. Uh, whoopsies. <laughs> <laughs> After all kinds of other whoopsies and death traps, the group is once again tracked down by Darth Maul. Asant oh. does battle with Maul while I 5 carbon freezes Pavan in an attempt to hide and protect him. After a large explosion, which Darsha enacted, thus sacrificing herself, Darth Maul can sense no life in the warehouse and believes all of his targets are dead. He heads back to his master with news of success. Pavan is thought out, and this time he starts hunting Maul. Although he was able to get the drop on Maul using a Towson nodule, he is duped into giving the Sith holocron to Senator Palpatine. Oh. Huh. Who is secretly Darth Sidious. There's a big spoiler. <laughs> Palpatine lies that he will give the holocron to the council and sends Pavan to a hospital since... Just as he is taking the holocron from Maul, Pavan has his arm cut off by the Sith Lord. In the end, Maul confronts Pavan in the hospital privately, and the Sith Lord decides to give the man a quick death for managing to present a worthy challenge. Pavan's last thoughts are of his son, Jax. With that, Maul leaves his mission accomplished. Uh-uh, uh-uh, that's not what I wrote. Uh-oh. Mission what? Mission accomplished, accomplished ish. <laughs> ish. That's right. Mission accomplished ish. Because it was it was a lot of whoopsies. It was Did a you forget lot. the whoopsies? There were okay. so many whoopsies. Accomplished ish. <laughs> he felt good about so it. So let's go around the horn and rate it. I already spoiled it by saying masterpiece. I think it's my favorite Star Wars book of all time. Uh, mm. I'm not gonna say that it is the best Star Wars book ever written. It's my favorite, so there's a difference there. Mm. It's my favorite. I just there's something about it that is like a warm blanket to me. It's one of my go-to books. It is just there's there's some real. Okay, the first time I read it, I expected nothing of it. Nobody, I'd never heard a single person mm-hmm. say a mm-hmm. single word about this, and I checked it out and I was like, oh my gosh, there's some great stuff here, and it's got some compelling twists and turns, and I loved the original characters, loved them. And uh, I love the parallel journeys. We're going to talk about this of Maul and Darsha. Is the you know, they're two like a Padawan and a, and a Sith, both trying to rise up the ranks, and yet there's different. And you've got Lauren Pavan hates the Jedi, and uh, Darsha kind of wins him over. And then you've got I five doing cool stuff like shooting people with his finger guns. And <laughs> anyway, um, great <laughs> twist ending, spectacular twist ending, gut wrenching to give the holocron mm. to Palpatine. Anyway, Ugh. I uh, oh that got me so. Yeah. So for me. what the book sets out to do, for it accomplishing mm-hmm. its goals and giving you a really fun mall book, I, I it's a masterpiece for me. Mm. But you're welcome to disagree. You don't have to see it the same way. I'm curious to see what, what Emily says here. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I could have gone last, but I already said it was my favorite. What am I supposed to do? You did. You did. You've said this is your favorite for a while, and, and I can see why. Uh all right, what's what's the scale again? I, I need I need I need our rubric. Masterpiece, incredible, good, fair, mediocre. Okay. And we're we're not writing in an official review, so you make it your own. You, you can yeah. blur the lines, blend them together. Uh, the five criteria we traditionally use on the site are plot characteris- 
Plot, characters, originality, writing style, and entertainment. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, look at that. Are you, Rick, are you going <laughs> to... Rick just saw it in the show notes, everybody. That was the sound of Rick's light bulb oh lighting up. Gosh. Man. Well, I'll go next. Um, I thought it was incredible. I wouldn't go oh. so far to say it was a masterpiece for me. I thought it was a highly entertaining book. Uh, there was a lot of variety in the plot and the characters. I thought the writing style was really good. Um, it was very original. I loved the twist at the end, giving him to Palpatine. I mean, oh my gosh, that got me good. And uh, I don't know, you you root for all the characters and very few survive. So mm-hmm. um, it's good. I, I liked it a lot. I yeah. I don't think it's necessarily on the level of masterpiece like compared to the other books that we've read. Whereas the other ones I've rated as masterpiece, which I only think I've done that to Kenobi. No, you're definitely right. It's definitely that's it's, it's more deserving of incredible for, for me, sure. Yeah, you're but right. But it's definitely incredible. Very yeah. engaging, very entertaining. Y'all know that moment when you just I just thought about this when you mentioned the plot twist. The moment when he discovers they're not on a bridge, they're on a thousand. On that exact <laughs> on that exact moment I got in a bike wreck. Oh, <laughs> it felt Wait, like really. Yeah, yeah. I was oh, no. I was out on a mountain mountain bike and I got a uh, big twig, like a vine, just whoosh, uh. wrapped up into my chain, mm. into my uh, and I just whoosh, no. fell off the bike and into the rocks and uh, started sliding down the cliff. And it really, for me, you know, kind of felt like uh, I was down in the under levels of Coruscant, except for did you check for thousands after that? Wow. Very. That was yeah. it. Was awesome. I was like, all right, I got It knocked the earbuds out my ears. Oh man! I mean, yeah, for real. There, all right, there you go. There's my personal story. While you think of your ratings, I'll accept that so, as an acceptable rating, Emily. You can stay on the <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, that's a good rating. Rick, are, are you ready? Are you, do you need some time? I got some things to say, uh, but it doesn't, doesn't matter to me either way. Okay. Well, let's let's see. I I, I just finished reading. Mall lockdown not too long ago, so I have another mall book to relate to it. Uh, it is the descriptions that happen in this book are very similar to uh, who who wrote the, the uh, mall lockdown. I think it was Joe Schreiber. Yeah, Joe Schreiber has some very how would you describe it? Very uh, visceral, visceral, very visceral. It's very visceral. He he's very descriptive with his words. He can make you see gory things. <laughs> yeah, is the best way I can put it. Uh, and lockdown has very much that feeling. I mean, imagine being locked in with a bunch of crazy prisoners and you just have to fight to the death to win. We're going to have to start having like is. a drinking game of all the times that Freddie yeah. mentions <laughs> lockdown. Trust me, we're going right. to bring our pencil. Our, our uh, cause it's, you know, it, it works with this book. I wanted to read them kind of one after the other to have a background of like, okay, how, how was mall written in other books? And I, I do that a lot too. Like I I'll that. often pair them together like a, like a yeah. cheese and a, and a grape. I'm gonna have some lockdown with some saboteur. You know, that's right. <laughs> I, I think the internet there, there should be a place that has a bunch of lists of books with the same characters in it, and you can go to this website and yeah. get inspired. What's that? What, what would that be called? You talking There's about the timeline too? The reading guides on utini.com. That's exactly. The, that's exactly it. I wrote yes. the mall reading guide a few years ago. Yeah. In fact, I remember spending like twelve hours trying to edit the graphic because mm. I don't I don't know how to use Photoshop, and I was trying. So you better use it and appreciate it because I worked hard on it. All right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. All right. Continue, Freddie. You're making a great point. Sorry. Great point. So so seeing seeing what that feels like, right? I mean, if you, if you guys haven't read Lockdown yet, prepare for just the most intense experience you're going to have with mall inside of a prison because i mean there were times where i had to (laughs) put everything down because my adrenaline started running uh and this book gave me the same kind of feeling it i would say the what made this book very special to me i I read i read i want to say this is one book i read like three quarters of and i never finished glad glad i did uh during this round because i i listened to the audiobook and the audiobook uh by the black bones of the emperor, holy moly, <laughs> it is a ten out of ten. If you have, if you have not, oh yeah, if you have not listened to an audiobook, a Star Wars audiobook, you have to, have to, have to, have to, have to. I know I've said this on on some before, but this one in particular, uh, you need to listen to this one on audiobook. It is 
completely worth it. Sam Witwer is legendary, hands down legendary. The way he delivers each line is like being in that person's head, feeling that feeling mm-hmm. that they're feeling. And I mean, I, I listened to this on one speed and I had the full experience. <laughs> <laughs> He's the a little slow experience. at times, a little slow. I, I sped it up. I did. Yeah, it's definitely something. I was something listening at times two. So yeah, there's, there's a variety. Yeah. Pick your, there's two types. your own adventure here. <laughs> this book here, see, we were trying to listen to it to get some fresh content, remember it mm. for the podcast. But if you have time to enjoy an audiobook, because you should, because you pay money for it probably, uh, this is one that you nef- definitely need to listen at, at one speed and just listen to, to the words he delivers, how he delivers it. It's going to really get you involved. And I think that borderline hits into the map i would say the audiobook's a masterpiece absolutely a masterpiece Mm -hmm. yeah the book's incredible story is intense Uh, the amount of times it talks about certain taris kasi moves i mean i was writing notes down on the different types of what is it like whipping wampa oh yeah uh all the alliterations (laughs) i loved it yeah and 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 it really dives into this universe uh you know and coming I'm, i'm into some of the you know uh 1990 books right now and then coming into this, where everything's kind of set up and very, very well fleshed out, uh, it's fun. It's a really fun read. It's very, very fun straightforward. Legends, he commits yeah. so hard to what he's trying to do. The writing is so sharp and to the point and precise and uh, descriptive. Yeah, I love his. I love his writing. Oh, I just adore it. Mm. Um, it's it's intense. It's you got to chew on it for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so that's it. What was your rating then? Uh, Ma- uh, incredible. incredible for the book, masterpiece for the audiobook. I'll take it. Absolutely. Now, two things to say about the audiobook. One, Freddie, today in doing research for this, I found a clip from like eight years ago of Sam Witwer reading five minutes of Mall Lockdown, the audiobook. So oh, he did like an audio excerpt. I'll have to send that to you. He didn't do the whole book, he read just uh, an excerpt. So I had no idea that existed. Two, the original audiobook narrator for the abridged version anthony held i believe is his name also does a a spectacular job i love i really love his narration i think he's got like a new york accent so he's like dasha sant went through the underlevels of coruscant anyway it's it's kind of like a 1940s gangster thing it's darth maul comes out (laughs) hey yo what are you doing with my (laughs) holocry it's 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 great, you know. So I like that one a lot too. I probably will alternate back and forth between the two mm. over the years, moving on from here, because yeah. I, I really do love both. They're like, I almost said wet blankets. What's the expression? The one that's good, <laughs> the right blanket, um, warm. The warm blanket, warm, warm. not the wet ones. The, the warm one. ones. Oh. Okay. I don't uh, know that I would ever <laughs> classify this book as a warm blanket. Yeah, maybe a, maybe a moist Nothing blanket, about this is but... reassuring. Nothing is homey. This is a workout. I workout know, audiobook. feel safe. Okay. <laughs> Counterpoint. Uh, okay. Counterpoint. Waiting. I got it. It's coming. Lauren Pavan is disillusioned with the Jedi. Yes. Yes. Darsha Asant restores his faith in not necessarily the Jedi Order, but in... The fact that there is still a good Jedi out there, mm. and that his son is also one of them, mm. and so are you. Mm. I don't know. I got some thoughts on that whole okay. situation. We'll come back to so. it. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> My turn. My turn. Okay. Rick. All right. I say what Freddie says. Basically, um, I I thought it was probably good to incredible as far as book. My critique mm-hmm. would be um, the whole. Into the from the frying, frying pan to the fire, that whole thing that like the stakes kept on getting so so much larger. I had a hard <laughs> time like with the pacing. Like, oh, okay, this this is this is it. This is the plot. These are the characters, and then like I five and what's his name Pavant, uh, not Pavant, Lauren. Yeah, Pavan. Yes, Lauren Pavan. Um, they didn't like come into the story like prominently until much later. Or at least all the characters weren't on the same you know the same scene until pretty significantly into the book if i recall that the the pacing the pacing kind of threw me a little bit and so yeah in the first half it does yeah yeah but it was it was definitely a very very enjoyable ride like i said earlier when when we were discussing the cover art i didn't even know that this book had jedi in it and so i love um 
similar to the Darth Bane trilogy, when you're reading a mm-hmm. Sith story and you see Jedi in it, uh, it's always fun. And so this was a was, was no exception. It was really enjoyable to see Jedi and the, the whole um, apprentice or Padawan trial thing was cool. Apprentice trial, wow. Um, anyway, so <laughs> but yeah, I would say good to good to incredible on the book. And I was going to say the same thing that the the audiobook is masterpiece level, definitely worth checking out. Um, and yeah, very good, very good. Yeah, to sh- shout out to um, Penguin Random House Audio for giving us a review copy of the audiobook. And I listened to it and immediately when purchased it. <laughs> also, just to yeah. spend money on this, to have a like clean copy in my Audible library because I know this is one I'm going to come back to time after time after time let's talk about a couple characters before we wind it up tonight oh man i love this book okay darth maul how cool is he is he the coolest why is he so cool what is so freaking compelling there's nothing good about maul in this book nothing not one thing why is he so freaking cool why do we like him because he's cocky he's 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 beyond cocky he is so well experienced i've seen these guys like these kind of martial artists before where where they are so aware of how good they are <laughs> and, and of course you know they're they're he's a dark side practitioner so at this point whatever he's gone through he's he's learned that that uh you know there is no mercy you know everything that that he has to follow so he is ruthless everything mm-hmm. is meaningless to him unless it's for the goal right people yeah. doesn't matter everything's meaningless you're it just talks about how many, how often he just looks over the amount of millions of people, and it just makes him feel so tiny and useless. Like I'm not even trying to describe it. It's like almost like these useless, insignificant humans that are just cl- or uh, not even humans, just anything, mm. cluttering. You know, <laughs> breathing my air. Uh, what a waste. It's 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 an interesting way of looking at it. He's absolutely ruthless, uh, yeah. and he is and. Ent- Intensely scary in terms of his oh, yeah. his brutality uh, and his martial artistry and mm. and I would almost say that he doesn't really truly get uh, I I'm not sure how to how to say this he doesn't get uh, <laughs> trying to think of PG thirteen way of saying this he doesn't like killing people to kill people right it's not like he gets joy out of it he. Uh, he simply does it because he needs to, and it, and he just does it. And when he defeats his foe, depending on what they are, and if it's like a hut, it's like, well, you just kind of like died like everything else, right? Just a, a sack of nothingness. Yeah, like I think uh, about it when I squish uh, an ant in my house. <laughs> I don't even think about it. I see the ant and I squish it, and that's and Darth I move Maul. on with my life. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm. And he's ruthless, absolutely ruthless, and incredibly talented mm. in terms of his martial artistry. He is. In, if he was a black belt, I mean, if he was a judoka, if those who know judoka, there's a black belt. After black belt, like the absolute mad- mastery of it, you get like this red and red and uh, white belt. That would be Maul, in my opinion. He is that skilled. Hot take. Does the belt have That's horns? Because if it has horns, he would He's like got it. Horns too. Like, can we describe him? Dark figure, dark two meter long figure, menacing. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> who, who just sneezed? <laughs> Okay, like, wasn't none of us? I'm sorry, I was like, that. Bless you. There's nothing I can do about sneezing. I saw Emily break, and I'm like, I thought it was thousand over here in the corner. Nobody knows it's there. I thought it was Rick's wife, Jessica, but Rick didn't. He didn't break. Emily broke, and so I thought we were both laughing at Rick. And then I was like, all right, we just gotta, we gotta find out. Or I'm Uh, actually speaking of the thousand. I'm actually canon character right there. Mm. Oh yeah, is it really? Yeah, the Towson is in mm. canon. Oh, Mother Towson. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. that was, this is my first encounter oh. with the Towson. Um, but no, I think Maul is so cool because he's like the dark side incarnate mm. where he is just complete power. And there is almost no guile in him. Like it's, he and Palpatine are just two complete different Sith totally. Lords. Like Palpatine is the hide in plain sight. There's no way Maul could ever yeah. hide in no. plain sight. Like the dude is striking. Mm. It mentions his eyes constantly throughout the book. Michael Reeves just like hones in on his eyes. Woo! And he just looks <laughs> yeah, look sick. at those eyes. The Funko Pop yeah, eyes. Mm-hmm. They're 
I mean, those are Funko Pop Pies or something. They're so intimidating. I accidentally bought two of those. (laughs) Everybody's looking for one. Rick can pawn one off. I think I sold it already, but yeah, okay. He's gonna. But yeah, I mean, I think Maul was the first character I ever saw in Star Wars that I thought, "Who is that?" Mm. Like he was the first intriguing character I ever saw. He's a fantastic, fascinating, fascinating character. I had a friend. Wasn't Dooku? (laughs) Before Dooku, I had a friend who had Maul on a ball cap, in like in the lead up to the Phantom Menace Uh. in like '98. Wow. Like yeah. before, it could have been early 99, before the movie had come out. That was my introduction to Maul. I was like, whoa, that is a scary hat. Mm-hmm. Why does it say Star Wars? You know, and so. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I would say Maul is so terrifying. He's so cool because the only Sith up to that point had been Vader, who mm. stomps around and chokes people and um, is is like a is like a hammer when he's lightsaber battling. Mm. It's just brute force. Boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom. Wears you down. And then Palpatine, who sits in a chair and laughs, and then gets up and does sparkle fingers. Then the next Sith we get <laughs> is so jumping around, flipping his cape or his, uh, his hood off his head and doing flips and the double-bladed lightsaber. He doesn't have to say much. And in this book, you get him as like the shadow assassin who lurks in the shadows and they can't bring him yeah. down and even after they blast him with the bazooka he jumps right back up and so you get to see a lot more of him being ruthless and uh ultra focused and just you didn't know the sith lord could do all this stuff that to me mm. is uh, just such a huge counterpoint to the sith who had come before all right one more thing i'm going to say about maul darth maul all right this is a hot take y'all ready for this oh i think maul is stupid uh, no, yeah, no doubt. He's overly ambitious, overly ambitious and naive, and he constantly underestimates his opponents. He's got all of this skill. He's all this brawn, but no yeah. brains. He just assumes he can get himself out of anything. That he doesn't. There's no tact. There's no. There's no forethought. It's just show up and beat my opponent down. And so he said he was cool, not that he was smart. <laughs> I mean, he's <laughs> I don't know. He's totally cool. I'm saying stupid not in the sense that he's a bad character. He's an epic character. He's just like doesn't think, you know? And so like even like when he's in those like inner dialogue about I can't believe I have to go do the stupid assignment. Those parts in the book, yeah. he's just immature and whiny, you know? Like it's like the opposite of Luke, you know, oh, I was going to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. That's what I hear in my mind. <laughs> Is you know Maul complaining about you know what his papa told him to do you know um, or his uncle Owen I guess well, but yeah that's a that's a good that's a great point I don't think anyone will say Maul is a, a genius by any means mm. uh, he he's just a brute right he's an absolute mm-hmm. brute his name is Maul yeah right Maul <laughs> let's talk about that name right that that in itself is is pretty straightforward on on what you can expect Darth Maul to do he, and he looks he like a literal perfect, devil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He is the perfect apprentice for this part of the Sith Rising, which is an, a, yeah. an absolute ninja assassin. And when you're tr- when you're ruling after that, you need someone who is complete brute strength, who can literally just tap a guy on the head with his fist and probably drill him into the ground. And that's Vader. That's the kind of guy you mm-hmm. need to enforce. Maul is pretty scary. He could still enforce. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. <laughs> just in a different way. That's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. So he's, that's why I think, Rick, to your point, you know, hey, he, even his inner monologues are ridiculous. That's why it works for him to only take up like a quarter to a third of the the page count in the book. Yeah, that's I mean, fair. Most of the book is focused on these other characters and Maul is yeah. this hound who is chasing them through the streets and is relentless. And so you care more about what's his relationship with Palpatine, and he's mm-hmm. terrified of Palpatine, and yet also wants to rise in the ranks, and yet you spend more time getting attached to these other characters. Uh, and so I, it brings me to this question. He only takes up a small share of the book's you know, page count. Do you find yourself, and I ask myself the same thing when I'm reading the Bane books, right? Do you find yourself rooting for or against them all? He's the titular character in this book. He's on all four of the covers. Hmm. Yeah. The others aren't. <laughs> do you root for him or do you root against him? This is one of those stories where you just know where he ends up. 
right? Right. Yeah. You know where where he's or where up, we thought he ended up like, down that what? shaft, and then yeah. he got the spider legs, and oh, it's a whole thing. Then you have to think like, okay, well, what's gonna happen here? Because <laughs> I'd like some of these people to live, and it I wouldn't mind if there was some kind of escape of some sort, but you know, uh, I think Lauren put it pretty straightforward. He said uh, he had the attention of a Sith, and that is a not a good thing at all period end of sentence right he's he's mm. basically accepted his death at that point hmm. all right so emily says uh, r- r- freddie your answer is what uh do you find yourself rooting for the jedi to make it um it's it's really like uh let's just see where this thing goes i mean i love reading about darth maul uh but i don't i'm definitely not going to root for somebody i know that is probably history uh, so it's just like, uh, let me just sit along this ride and see yeah. where it goes, okay. kind of thing. So I, I guess I can't really root mm. for kind of neutral. I root for his his artistry in his in his you know what he does and how he practices, but that's about it. <laughs> you appreciate him, don't necessarily root yeah. for him. Emily's a hard no. She does. She roots <laughs> against yeah, Maul hardcore. Why? Um, well, I think that Michael Reeves built it into the book that you're not supposed to root for him, yeah. and. Uh, Sidious calls it at the beginning where he says that his hubris will be his downfall. Mm. And that is so true. Like his overconfidence is a little bit unbearable throughout the whole book where he's like, there's no possible way they can escape. And uh, like talking about how he's going to toy with each of his enemies. Mm. And then he gets bested by them for most of the book. Mm. Like even <laughs> up until the very end, like Pavan could have totally taken him out. And he didn't for like a very... I don't know. He like barely escapes a bunch of times. So I don't know that he gets bested by a protocol root. droid. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. cool protocol droid with, yeah. with fingers, with cool laser beams. Mm. But like yeah. he just, he talks so highly of himself and his abilities, but like as a reader, he's incredibly flawed. His character yeah. is so one sided. There's no way that he's going to be a major player. Like he's not a leading role. He is, He's a brute, like Freddie said. He is a tool that Sidious is using to control a galaxy and to do his bidding under, like, in the shadows. Uh, so that that's his role, and he's filling Dirty that work. role very well. But that's not a character you could ever root for, truly. I don't think. Yeah. <clears throat> I yeah. would say you you root for him more probably in lockdown than you do anywhere else. Okay. You oh my gosh! Can we not drop so. lockdown already? <laughs> we are talking about drop Shadow Hunter. Another one here. We're gonna drop another one over here. Um, oh, what's that? The fact that I found this cover here. Yeah, that's that's a great cover. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember, there's another book with Maul's cover on the yeah. face. That is. Uh, that should be a uh, the Phantom. Menace. Do you want to read? <laughs> Flip it around, and you got Maul's face. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I just remembered. How many books have Maul's big old friggin' face on the cover? Rick. He's iconic. He's beautiful, but he he would never work. Rick, do you root for Darth Maul? Um, I root for the story and just yeah. tell the story. It was good. It was good. So, so you're along so for the ride, yeah. kind of like me. You're yeah. just sitting there. Yeah. Can't really root for the the Jedi because you can see their flaws. You can kind of see everybody's flaws here. Uh, right. Lauren's flaws, right? We see him too. Yep, yep. I think I root more. That's f- got a shadow of everything. I think I root more for the crew that's up against Maul mm-hmm. in this actively rooting for them than I am rooting yeah. against Maul. Uh, when Maul shows up yeah. and like over and over and over, they think they've escaped and then he's just like, bow, bow, like double ignites that blade. And it's like, you're it's never like, going to escape me. Every time he does, I go, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's so satisfying. You know, that moment in the Phantom Menace where he shows up and throws his hood back yeah. and ignites his blade mm-hmm. in the doorway. So cool. This like, book has that scene ten times. Many times. Yeah. It totally. Just, yeah. It does that scene over, over and over and, and over, over and over again. And <laughs> my favorite is how Sam Witwer reads it with delight. Like he is just yes. giddy. Oh, yeah. Could not yes. be happier to just be in combat. Like he's literally he giggling as he's like it. chopping people's heads off. Mm-hmm. He nailed it. He nailed it so well. Well, I think what we're gonna have to do is come back to the the rest of the characters a uh, future week. What do y'all think? Yeah, there's still yeah. a lot more. Yeah, we've got some yeah, good ones, probably. Lauren. Lauren, uh, we've got the Jedi who died, uh, and Anun Bandara. He has a name. <laughs> yeah, Anon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Almost like anonymous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
you know it, it's funny because his i'm just gonna say it now uh his there, i was wondering how a non or a noon how, how do you say it a noon a noon bandara yeah bandara I was like, ah, that name seems so familiar. So I researched it. And of course, I look in the, uh, what is it, like the behind the scenes section in the Wook. And right there, it says, a lightsaber crystal bearing his name, Bondera's Folly, is available for players in Star Wars Galaxies. Mm. Oh. oh. There it is. I wanted, to, I wanted to just drop another, another one drink. of those things in there for. Uh, yeah. Yeah, another. Sh- out of your, it, uh, your toothpick, toothpick holders. holders. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Out of the, we'll say this for the last question for tonight. This isn't in the notes. Out of the, the original characters in the book, you know, you've got a Noon Bandara, and Darsha, and I five YQ, the sniveling Nemoidians. You've got, uh, you know, all this this whole crew. Who's the, uh, the dealer that they work with? Tudin Sal. He's in here. So out of the, these original characters, do you have a favorite? You know, one that you uh, you find yourself a little bit more uh, compelled to root for or somebody who's like more striking as a, as a character in your mind. I'm going to save the uh, mech. I'm not even saying I'll save the droid for you. How about that? Jared? I five YQ. I do love, I do love I five. Yeah. I think we have a picture right. of I five. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I want to say his, his attitude. It, it kind of reminded me of Alan Tudyk. Yeah. In, uh, in Rogue yeah One. He, and this predates like a, that by 15 years you know it do, it totally does it reminds me of like a, a, a i guess a prototype of alan tudyk's character in in rogue one right k2 it's, like, it's k2 k2 right? so yep it's k2. yeah k2 so but uh finger he's full finger of blasters. yeah finger lasers <laughs> he's full of tricks he's got all the tricks the internal tricks of r2d2 and hk47 and the sass of K2SO and the body of C3PO. The last question for tonight is simply this. Who is the most striking, you know, most enduring original character in Darth Maul Shadowhunter? We have like a consensus across the board that it's I5YQ, best character in the I book. I think so. I think what so. What a surprise take. I thought I was going to pick that one because it's like, oh, that's something different. Like it's the only non-human, but oh my gosh, what a likable droid! Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? So you know, we talked about how he's got the the body of C three PO, the arsenal <laughs> of HK forty seven, the uh, the sass of K two S K two S O, and yet is still somehow more than the sum of his parts, more than all of that, mm-hmm. and and it, before all those except for three P three PO. You know, this is two thousand one that he wrote this character, and the fun thing is he runs all the way through the Reeves universe. So he's in Ooh. all the rest of the Reeves books, oh, except for maybe, yeah. maybe death star. So where does this one uh, fall chrono- chronologically then? Because like mm-hmm. the, his fate of new master being reprogrammed was like probably the biggest loss in the whole book for me. Oh yeah. I, I would a hundred percent agree with you on that, Rick. Just the fact that this amazing droid who, is basically self intelligent gets taken by a sn- uh, who was it again he was, what was uh, dindur he ends up yeah he ends up in the medstar books after this hmm. with yeah. the celestin dindur um and then he you know what's fun rick is he is the sidekick to jack spavon lauren's son in the coruscant knights books oh got it so yep you can you'll, totally you'll see get him there, rick. Cool. laying <laughs> yeah, the foundation yeah. for that that's really cool. I have those books. I haven't read oh. them yet. They're universally not so beloved, but I liked okay. them. <laughs> yeah, I, but I, liked I think I five has like more depth as a character than Maul does in mm. this. Totally, like he's got sure. more yeah. variety of his his background. We know more about his background than we know about Maul's, where he was, you know, he's abused as a droid, and then he was like freed by Lauren Pavan and reprogrammed and his creativity damper was removed is that yeah. is that how, right yeah and how you say that and the finger laser is inserted and yeah. the finger lasers yep. i mean he like turns into like go go gadget protocol droid and like saves him on multiple yeah. counts he's sassy during hangovers yet somehow has a way to cure hangovers like I don't even know how. It's a great sidekick. Great, but they're partners. Yes. And I like the the fact that it's kind of this fun, funny. Like it's it's stood the test of time better than you would think. It's aged yes. really well. Where there he's like, yeah, hey, 
uh, in the in a cantina or something, somebody will say to Lauren, "Oh, what what are you gonna do with your protocol droid to stop me?" And he says, "Oh no, actually we're we're equal partners, and he has an equal say." in how this transaction is going to go down. And so he like turns to him. He's like, what do you think? And they, and everybody's like, what the heck is up with this? <laughs> but like, they're equal partners in their business. I think it's very hilarious. strong Han so. and Chewy vibes. Yeah, for sure. All right. So here we are. We've talked about a lot of uh, great stuff tonight from Darth Maul, shadow hunter. I've enjoyed it. We got a lot more to say in a future week. We're not 100% sure that we're going to have the live stream next week. we got to tool around with the schedule a little bit. Might bring you something else instead. But at the next roundtable, we will finish up Darth Maul, Shadow Hunter. Also, tune in to Living Forest on Monday night as they are doing their roundtable currently from The Princess and the Scoundrel. And also, a huge congratulations to our buddies over at the Star Wars Archives, Jose and Trevor, for their 50 episodes. The 50th episode, I'm telling y'all, is juicy. It Ooh. is two hours long. It had me screaming and also jiving a little bit. That's all I'm going to say about it. Awesome. It's totally for uh, the Patreon view. the Patreon audience. <laughs> Got me jiving. Screaming and jiving like it's 1999. And um, anyway, you can be too for the low, low price of however much it costs to join our Patreon. I'm not sure. But it's worth it. And that is going to do it for this week. Thanks for joining us here for Legends Look Back. Thanks to our incredible patrons for your support. We love making this show. And we're glad you're along for the ride. Special thank you to our Jedi High Council, Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander, and to the Alliance High Command, Ashley Ingalls, Elizabeth Cloutier, Sally, and Chris Eilerson. Remember to sub to the channel, leave us a review in your podcast platform of choice. And remember, if you would like your thoughts right on the show, you can contact us through the contact info that is in the description below or on Twitter at Legends Look Back. If you're looking to buy some of these books, such as Darth Maul Shadow Hunter in one of its four reprints, hey, you can go on over to utini.com, click the Amazon link in the profile, and also remember, let's get that Utini, that Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. May the force be with you, and rest in peace, Julio. This is a Utini broadcast.